Good evening. Uh, my name is Mark Leff. I am one of the college interns, and I've got the privilege to be here with you guys this evening. So because it is the last Sunday of the semester, we have something special planned for you. And actually, we've got seniors, Chamilla and Andrew, and they're going to come on up in just a minute and uh, share with you about their college experience and what's coming next for them. So if you would, just join me in a round of applause as, as Chamilla comes on up. Howdy. Um, Howdy. My name's Chamilla, as Mark said, and um, I'm a senior biology major here, and I'll be graduating in December. And so just to give you a little background of, like, growing up and things, um, I was born in Sri Lanka, which is a small island below India, and not a lot of people know where it is, so it's totally fine if you don't. <laughs> but um, I grew up there, and um, my dad and my mom were also raised there, and they moved our family to the States when I was, like, really young, just a year old. And they're very traditionally Sri Lankan. And so that means, or it means now, like, growing up Buddhist. And that was just very much part of being Sri Lankan. And so um, that's how I grew up. I went to temple every week, every Sunday, ironically, kind of. And, yeah, I just learned about Buddhism and Buddha and his teachings. And I never really, like, went out of my bubble, like, questioned that until I came to college. And so I actually, I did hear the gospel once in high school, but I didn't really pay much attention to it or give time to process it and ask questions. Um, but I still remember that day, but I wouldn't kind of come to know the Lord until later. So I came to A&M, and like freshman year, you know, you're meeting a lot of people and like trying to make friends and just trying to, I don't know, like build your life here in college. So like through those conversations that I had with people, they would ask like, where are you from? Like what country are you from? What language do you speak? And then like the third one would usually be, what religion is there? Like, what's the predominant religion? And so um, that was the first time I had to talk about Buddhism and explain, like, what it teaches or what it stands for and things like that. And so I found that, like, I didn't have, I couldn't answer basically a lot of people's questions. I began to have the same questions that they would ask me. And so, so that was, like, the fall semester of my freshman year. And then um, I was walking on campus um, so all these questions were in my head. I was walking on campus on Southside in front of the Commons, and, like, Gideons were there handing out New Testaments. So I usually, like, avoid people that are handing out stuff on campus. But I, I took what they were giving out, which was just, like, a small green book. And I started reading the Gospels, and, like, I'd never opened up a Bible before, like, ever. And so I don't know what I thought was going to be in it, but <laughs> I just started reading it, and um, I heard about Christ for the first time, and so, like, and sin, and, like, all these answers to my questions, and then those questions were replaced with new questions, and so just processing through all those things um, my fall semester, and then at the end of that, I accepted the Lord, and um, I actually called the girl who told me the gospel the first time in high school, and told her, and we prayed together, and which was a really fun moment for the both of us, but, um, and so the next semester was when I started going to Grace here, and, like, Y'all, I was so awkward and nervous about going to church for the first time. Like, super, did not know what to expect. I was really nervous. And just, like, worship time was super kind of awkward for me because I didn't know the words to things and, like, how to, like, sing the songs. And so I was nervous. And this is the first situation of, like, what I've found community, community to be here at Grace was I came in, and I don't know if it was, like, the first Sunday I came, but it was, like, one of the other Sundays. Um, a girl 
just started talking to me next to me. And she was a leader here, but I didn't know that at the time. And she was like, hi, my name's Katie Foot. <laughs> Katie's back there, actually. And so um, she's an intern here. But anyway, so she was like talking to me and she invited me to Dulos, which is a freshman Bible study here. And I didn't know what that was, but I said, okay. And, um, and like, this was the first situation of community where like she like offered that, but then didn't just disappear. You know, she like followed up with me and I ended up joining her group specifically. And then like I got baptized through Dulas and everything. And that was the very beginning of just like having people intentionally pour into me and then like learning how to be a leader eventually as well. And just, I've found like the community here at Grace to be it's just extremely important to the Christian life. Like that next sophomore year, as I was telling my family that I was Christian now, as opposed to being Buddhist, um, it, like it didn't go very well. And so that was when the people I met here became kind of like my second family and would pour into me and encourage me and give me comfort when like my family would be giving me, we would be having a hard time. And so what ended up happening was that um, my mother was more devout Buddhist than my dad is. And so um, she ended up just having a conversation with me saying that she couldn't be talking to me as I was pursuing the Lord and going to church and things like this. I told her that I was doing that in College Station and she was really unhappy with that. And so we haven't spoken since like 2010 and it's like that has been like the hardest situation I've walked through in my life. But it's because of that um, like group of people that I've found here that the Lord has used them immensely to just comfort me and like refine me and always like when I'm at my lowest to point me to Christ, you know, and to keep going. And so like that would be the thing I would tell y'all is just over my four years to take the time to, you know, go to Bible study. There's so many different ones here, something for everyone. There are alternate nights if you can't make it to the actual night. And it's just, there's so many things here at Grace to get plugged into and community Fortunately, unfortunately, isn't something that you can just develop overnight. You know, like I wanted something freshman year that I could instantly make like really deep relationships, but it's taken like all four years basically, you know, and so to start now it would be like that's basically to start now would be great. And so, yeah, I just have learned that we're not meant to be like islands of people. You know, we're meant to be in relationships and have people keep us accountable to things and um, that's the way the Lord intended it. And um, so, yeah, so that's kind of what I would say was the most important thing of my college times, community. So, anyway, thank you. <laughs> but. Hello, um, my name is Andrew Murphy, and I am one final away from being done with my undergrad here. I'm going to graduate with a degree in biomedical engineering, and I got um, Matt Morton asked me to kind of just share a little bit about what God had been doing in these past four years and, and how it's kind of prepared me for uh, the next stage in life, and hopefully it's an encouragement to you guys. So I have been going to Grace for four years. Uh, I started off in Dulas, too, and that was great. and did a couple years uh, of growth groups, and, and then this year I've been a part of a home church and, and going to a men's Bible study called uh, First Call uh, on Tuesday mornings. And it has been such a formative place and a formative time in my life here at Grayson. I just remember coming in to college a very insecure, very, I guess, just very broken individual. That, that God was, was something, something you did, something you went to on Sunday, and, and you know, like, 
I knew all of the, the rules, I knew all the songs, I knew all his people, but I didn't know him. And I was hopelessly lost pursuing something that wasn't going to fulfill me, whether it was girls, which I was hopelessly lost for anyway, um, or uh, grades or, or good works. I, I mean, like, I was, I was desperate, desperate for a savior, desperate, desperate for something to fill me. And, and, and I guess the goodness uh, of his mercy hit me for the first time. Uh, a seed was sown deep into my heart um, that, that, that there is a God who loves me more uh, than I could ever know. Ephesians 3.18 will say God's love has a height, a width, a length, and a breadth. That's four dimensions. And, and that the Holy Spirit is the only one that's going to help me understand it. And, and I love that so much just because the first two years of my engineering career, they made me study 3D things all the time. And uh, I, it was hard. And 3D was hard, but 4D is something I will never understand. But uh, the cool thing about that is, is I want the data. I want to put God in a box I want to understand what he wants to do with my life and how he's going to move before I trust him with everything. But he had different plans and he'd give me a different calling um, that I was to dive headfirst into his affections and trust him with my life. And, and it was a scary thing. And, and there's been a lot of hardship. Uh, there's been a lot of struggles uh, that I've faced here. Um, and if I didn't have brothers, um, if I didn't have Grace and, and, and my, my guys, uh, I don't know where I'd be. Uh, I remember there was a day where I, I woke up, and I'd just, I'd just broken up with this girl. Uh, I, thought I, I, th- I thought we were going to get married, and so that was just, it was hard. And I woke up to find that I just slept through a final, and someone hit my car. <laughs> like, it was the worst 24 hours you could ever imagine. And I just remember calling my home church leader, his name's Don, and, and he was just like, oh, man, like, and he just, like, I've been through something like that, and that's so hard, and, you know, and we just talked through it, and I just want to encourage you that, that, that church grace is so much more than just coming here and sitting down um, and listening to someone try to speak into your life um, and let the Holy Spirit lead, uh, but it's doing life with believers. It's getting to know um, individuals and, and, and people with different gifts from different <laughs> countries and different perspectives and, and hearing, hearing what God's been doing and being encouraged to walk towards him and, and run the race together. And It's just been so encouraging um, to have have men, older men, speak into my life. It's been such a stabilizing and strengthening uh, aspect in my relationship with the Lord. And I just I guess if I were to encourage you guys to do anything, it would be to, to find that group of believers that are your age, that are, that are older, that are younger, that can speak into your life. Um, that if you have questions about marriage, you're not just kind of talking about it with your college friends, but you can find someone who's been doing it for 20, 30 years and can, can say, this is how it's done. This is how you should prepare. And, you know, if I was going to say anything to you guys about what have I learned, you know, and especially in a time like this with finals going on, um, unless you're the person that's already finished, and I don't like you, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I like you. I would say your life is not out of control, it's under control. And if there's anything I've learned, this is that the, the bigger trials and, and the bigger demons, it's the same Jesus. And, and that, that your life, the will of God for you is not to, to do this one certain thing and stay on this one path. And if you deviate or fail, you're totally off track and you can never be used again, but it's just to make known and proclaim boldly the mystery of the gospel and to do what you love, do what you love to do, but do it in the name of Christ. And so this next year, God's called me away from engineering and into an internship here at Grace. And I'm really excited and really nervous at the same time, just what that's going to look like and raising support and all the things are going to happen. But I'm just so excited to see how God's going to move and work Um, because 
if, if I know him, you know, I'm, I'm graduating very, very single, and, and I'm going into ministry, and it's scary, but I'm one step ahead because I know a God who is a, like, like the best marriage would be a picture of his love for me, and I know that. I know that love, and I'm trying to understand it more and more each day, and, and he's going to carry me, and I'm trusting him to provide, and I'm so, so excited to see how he's going to move. So, so my encouragement would be to know him and make him known. That's the only thing that's important. Not, not a guy, not a girl, not grades, not a, not a major, no money is going to fill you, but he will. So as you walk into the summer, I would encourage you to, to know that more. So. Um, I chose to hit on three things um, that the Lord has really kind of taught me these past four years. One, um, I learned and got to understand my freshman year as I went through the essentials packet, um, the resounding truth of God's character. It's simple and something that um, I think most of you know in here, that God is just, that he is holy, that he is good, and that he is sovereign, and that he loves us. And going through that freshman year, I really got to dwell on that scripture and understand that and know that. And daily, it is something that I go to. It's hard for me with the future. I sometimes feel like I don't know what's going on. And so it's good for me to know that I have a God that is sovereign, that his timing is perfect, and that even through my sins and my struggles that he loves me. Um, And so freshman year, that was a big deal to me. Coming into college, it was kind of rough. I wasn't ready for the transition, and so that was um, a comfort for me. Second, I got to learn the power of prayer. Um, I got the opportunity to go on a summer project to Greece two summers ago in 2010, and we were the first team to go to a new city up in northern Greece called Ioannina. Um, and so there were no staffers there and there were no stinters there. Um, so immediately the first thing that me and my team worried about is who is going to love on the friends that we meet, who is going to pour into them and who is going to spend time with them. And so before we even left the country, we spent time in prayer as a team, praying for the students that we would meet, that the Lord would continue to work on their hearts throughout the summer, even while we were gone. So we, we went there, we met a lot of students and um, met some great friends. Um, one girl in particular, she asked some really good questions, and she had some really good things to ask to some of our team members. Um, but we were, again, all worried. It's like she has these questions, and we're not sure where she's going to go. Who, who is going to pour into her when we leave? But we had to leave. And so we were there for five weeks, and we left, and we continued to pray for her. And, and we got people to pray for her, her here back at Grace. And um, just the Lord, the Lord is amazing. And we had a team went back the next summer and she came to Christ that next summer. And so she had no one to kind of pour into her or no one to talk to her throughout the whole year. Um, and it's just awesome. And it was kind of a, a, a kick in the butt. It's kind of like prayer can do such amazing things. And I think that some people don't realize how incredible it can be. And that Demetra's story is just a story of, of the power of prayer. Finally, I learned the complete and utter importance of community while I was here at Grace and how that is essential to a believer's walk. I had the great opportunity of kind of jumping in and getting plugged in my freshman year here at Grace. I got involved in Dulas and then got to lead Dulas my sophomore year and um, continue on. I have met my dearest and closest friends here at Grace, whether that be through a Bible study or the people that I've led with. Um, They're the people that encourage me and love on me, kick me in the butt when I need to be kicked in the butt, um, and kind of get on me when I need to to straighten out my path. Um, And so I encourage y'all to get involved in community. So going off of that, my wisdom and my advice to you guys 
get involved in community. Um, I feel like so many people are like, get into a Bible study, do all these things. And it's easier said than done. I know it's hard to go by yourself to a Bible study. It's hard to kind of not make an excuse of, oh, I have to study. I have to make dinner. I have to wash my hair. Um, There's so many things, so many excuses that you can come up with of why not to get involved in a Bible study. I encourage you to push past that. I know it's hard. I'm not going to say it's easy, especially if you don't have friends to go with you. Um, Push past that. Get involved in a Bible study. I promise you great things will come out of it. This summer, I know it's about to be summer, praise the Lord, Um, but Grace has a Bible study here over the summer. Like Andy said, if you have questions about that, you can ask the redheaded ladies back by the welcome sign. And then if you're going home and you're not from a Christian home, but you you kind of um, jumped in this year, um, with grace, find a church, get plugged in. If you're not going home, if you're going to be out of town, find a church you can get involved in. I'll be in Nashville this summer where I know no one. And my first thing I'm going to do is to find a Bible study and find a church to get plugged into. I encourage you guys to do that. If you got, again, if you have any questions or if you want to know more about Grace's Bible studies, they can help you out in the back. So yeah, that's my wisdom. Um, I encourage you guys, again, community, like it's a big deal. It can make all the difference in your walk. So um, now we're going to hear from the Derbster. Howdy, guys. My name is Ryan, and uh, this is my fifth year here. So some people take a little longer than four, but yeah, I've been involved with Grace for two years. This year I led the evangelism team here at Anderson, and y'all are a little quieter than Lorian's group. <laughs> but last year I led an essentials group, and I've been studying petroleum engineering while I'm here. Uh, I came into college uh, out of high school, you know, kind of a punk. I, was, uh, I thought I was a pretty good Christian, thought I had everything um, figured out. But that changed really quick. Um, there were a lot of distractions, and I got kind of caught up in just a typical uh, non-Christian college lifestyle my first couple of years, and didn't really make friends who were believers, or if they were, they weren't really walking with the Lord. So there was no accountability, and I just kind of strayed away for a while. But um, I ended up getting involved. I just joined a Bible study kind of randomly my, my junior year, and it was really good, but I wasn't all in. I was still holding a lot back and just kind of committed a couple hours a week. And it was actually, uh, sadly, my fourth year when I started leading a Bible study that the Lord really took, took hold of my life, and, and I started really trying to live like a disciple of Christ. That's when I was introduced to accountability. It was the first time I had people pour into my life and um, ask me what I'm struggling with and, and just be real. And that was also the first time I really learned how amazing the Bible is. You know, you hear all these great things about the Bible, and I knew the Bible was cool and was, you know, the Word of God, but I'd never really... I don't know, experienced the Word of God as it's meant to be experienced. So that fourth year was huge for me. That, that year is also when I started dating Jesse Lynch, uh, who is now my fiancé. And, uh, and we will be married in 13 days. That was a big loop, yeah. And so, but let me just tell you, if it wasn't for the body of Christ, for us it was Grace Bible Church and, and, and girls in Philam for Jesse. Um, we we would have crashed and burned and... Uh, we would never have made it to this point to where we can, you know, leave college and get married. And so it is, it is absolutely the grace of God that we can use our story. We don't have a nice, neat, um, clean little story that we can tell, but it's, it's God's grace that he's brought us to a place where we can use that and, and glorify him through it and hopefully help other people to not make some of the same mistakes we did. So after graduation and our wedding, Jesse and I are going to move to Fort Worth, and I'm going to start work for an oil and gas company. I'll be an engineer. And so that's what we have right in front of us. Over Christmas break, we got to go to East Asia just for eight or nine days. 
and uh, we got to be missionaries for a week. Um, we got to share the gospel with, with people who have never heard it, college students that had never heard of Jesus. And it was an amazing week. God really used it to show us that there's so much more to life than what is right in front of us here in America, and that he's moving all over this world in some incredible ways. Um, so we would love to be able to do something like that and invest our time in a year or two or, or more doing something like that on a longer-term basis. But right now all we know is that Fort Worth is in front of us, and so we're going to go be missionaries in an office and in an apartment complex. And uh, it's a totally different mission field, but you know we're called to be prepared in season and out of season and wherever we are. So we're really excited about the challenges we have coming up. Uh, just a few points I would have for, for you guys who are still in college that would have either that have been helpful for me or would have been if I would have heard them or paid attention. First of all, while you're here in school, really take time to think about who God is. Push past what you've, what you've grown up hearing and maybe what you know your parents believe or what you've been told to believe, but take time and go on, go on a journey and really think through these things. The second point is think about who you are in relation to who God is. Think about how you fit in with this God that you're thinking about and learning about and reading about in Scripture. Look past all the busyness that, that college has to offer. Um, there are so many things to get caught up in, and it's really easy just for four years to go by, and you, know, you didn't really even think about anything except what was right in front of you. Um, so I challenge you to, to really, truly think about these things, wrestle with tough issues and tough questions. And kind of leading into that is my third point of, like Lorian said, get involved in, in community, some sort of, of Christian fellowship. A Bible study at Grace is awesome, um, but there are so many great Christian organizations or studies or other churches in College Station. And that's a place where you can really wrestle with tough things. You can talk to other people. You can pray together. You can get an accountability. And, and it's crucial, guys. The Christian life is, is impossible to live alone. Um, God designed it to be, to be lived in community. Um, so if that's something that, that you, you sense that you're kind of holding back on, I urge you to push through it and you know, come to terms with the fact that you've got to be held accountable in some way and you've got to live with, with community. And so my fourth point, I would say, is just to, to really figure out what is most important to you. Um, think about the most important thing in your life and prioritize everything accordingly. Like I said, you can, you can get real caught up in the first organization that presents itself to you your freshman year and spend four years doing nothing with that. So I encourage you to step back and think about how you want to spend the rest of your time in college. Find something that'll last, that'll have an eternal impact on people, and invest your time in that. You know, be willing to sacrifice and to serve. And yeah, just think about what's important and pursue it. So think about God. Think about who you are in relation to God. Get in community and prioritize your life with what's most important to you. Thanks for listening. And thank you, guys. I love hearing senior testimonies. Uh, These students have finished well. They're getting to the end of college. They're about to graduate, and they've, they've finished their time here well. And I love these stories because they give us hope. And for me personally, I, I often think, what do I need to be doing right now so at the end of blank, I can have the same story as them? So at the end of this week, at the end of finals, at the end of summer, what do I need to be doing in order to have a similar story? Actually, interestingly enough, some of the same things that they said are going to outline our talk for this morning. But before we get into to practical steps for your summer, 
we need to reflect on what's happened thus far. So uh, let me just ask you, if you had been up here this morning and you had to be sharing, what would you have said? Would you have been able to say positive things or would it have been kind of rough? As you think about your last year, uh, in what ways have you changed? What did you do that you were proud of? What did you do that you were ashamed of? Did you grow closer to the Lord or did you drift away from him? Or did you just stay stagnant? And how did that happen? Uh, I've got these questions up here on, on the screen and I want you guys to just take a minute. If you've got a pen and paper, write them down. I want you to think about them. And in just a minute, due to time constraints, I can't give you a ton of time, but in just a minute, I'll, I'll bring us back. So just take a minute to think about these. All right, well, I think that it says we reflect on the past. It helps us to make effective goals for the future. So think about this now for just a second. How do you want to answer these questions at the end of summer? What would you want to say different than what you'd have to say right now? What would you want to say that would be the same? We're going to talk about summer. And since summer comes up, at the end of summer, everybody asks you uh, this question. Hey, how was it? What'd you do? What do you want to be able to tell them? Some of you will get to have a story like Ryan or, or Lorian and be able to tell about awesome things that happened. You'll get to talk about blessings. Many of you are also going to have a really rough summer and, and instead you're going to be scrounging around for some detail to give a positive response. And that's our social culture. We, we desire to give positive responses to everything. And so, so many of you are going to experience that. And, and that's what I want to help you guys with this morning. Uh, I want for you to be able to have an awesome summer. So although some of us will have hard summers, summer can be one of the most amazing times. And and so there are some major blessings. First, you're going to have more time. Right now, many of you are probably taking class, working a part-time job, trying to keep up with friends in a Bible study in a couple of different clubs. And your time is so stretched. You don't have a ton of time to be engaging with your friends or just read a book for fun. And, and so this summer, you're going to have more time. And so, so you've got the opportunity to, to catch up with friends. You've got the opportunity to, to spend time with the Lord, do things you enjoy. Maybe you enjoy building or, or fixing things, and so you're going to get to do that. But this summer, you've got some extra time, and so that's a major blessing. Second thing is, you're going to be able to rest. I know you all are tired. Uh, you're at the end of the semester— You've got a few more finals to go, and and you're going to get done. But your temptation is going to be to say, I am going home, I am laying in my bed, and I'm not getting out until August. (laughs) And and it's good that you want to rest. God designed us to need rest, and and having this extra time is going to allow that for you. And that's a good thing. Some of you are going to get to go on and experience new things. You're going to be in a new environment. So you might be going on a study abroad. I did that one summer. I went to Mexico. I had never been before, and it was great. Some of you are going to go work at camp, and you've never done that before. Or some of you are going to do an internship. You're going to be living in a new city. Again, this is an, an awesome opportunity for you because God can use this to develop you, to grow you, and also you're just going to get to experience something new. That's, that's awesome. Some of you are going to be heading home, though, and, and you're looking forward to getting to connect with old friends. And, and you hadn't seen them in a while. Maybe last time you saw them was Christmas break. Maybe it was even before that since you saw some of your friends. You're also going to get to reconnect with family. 
and this is awesome. I miss my family. I'm from Chicago. I, I don't get to see them very often, and so I love the breaks where I get to go and spend some time with them. Then others of you are going to take this opportunity to earn money. I put this as a blessing because, because this extra time that God's given you so that you can work full-time rather than part-time is great. Hopefully this, this fall semester then, because of your work this, this summer, will allow you to eat. Hopefully, hopefully you'll also have some money so that you can give, maybe to your friends who are going on mission trips, maybe, maybe just to your church back home. And, and so you have this opportunity this summer to earn some money, to work, and, and that's a blessing. Now, unfortunately, with every blessing, Satan's going to try to turn it, and he's going to make it into a pitfall. So time. Time's going to result in boredom. If you, if you do not have a schedule, if you don't have things well planned out, you're going to end up sitting on your couch and be bored. This happens to me in the summers. This happens to pretty much everybody. If you have too much time and you don't effectively use it, it's going to result in boredom. I know for me, so often what happens is once I start getting bored, I look to things other than the Lord to satisfy me, and I get caught up into sin. Rest is going to result in laziness if you don't be careful with it. Satan's going to tempt you and make you think, you just need to take a week off, you need to do nothing. And what's going to happen is you're going to establish a pattern for the summer that's going to result in August. You come back here and all you can say is, I watched a bunch of movies with my dog on my lap and I ate potato chips. Not exactly a great story. And so the temptation that Satan's going to hit you with is, you need more rest. So he's going to He's going to push you toward laziness. In new environments, you've never been there before. So Satan's going to hit you with temptations in new ways, things that you've never experienced before. I know that he hit me with a lot when I was in Mexico. And so although it was a great opportunity, something that God wants to use to grow you, Satan's going to hit you hard. And so if you're not extra vigilant to maintain a right standing before the Lord, you're going to fall into sin. You're going to be hit with all sorts of temptations. Maybe you go home, and you, you're going to reconnect with old friends. You're going to spend time with family. And what's going to happen is, after a few weeks of spending time with friends, they're going to go off to other places, and you're going to feel a little bit lonely. But another thing might happen. Your friends from high school went to the school over in Austin, <laughs> and you came here. And so you get home, and you're, you're wanting to reconnect, but you realize you don't have as much in common as you thought you did. You've changed this year, and so, so you might feel a little bit different from them, and, and your temptation is going to be to seclude yourself, to say, I, I don't like being around you anymore. I, I don't really remember you being like that. And, and you might seclude yourself, and that's going to result in loneliness. Another thing might happen as you're spending time with family. Your mom's going to say, hey, Jamie, would you help me unload the dishwasher again? Would you clean the, would you clean the bathroom? And, and you're going to be like, oh, I've been away all year long. I've been on my schedule. I've done things my way all year, and now I'm back on my parents' schedule. I have to do things their way. And some of you probably experienced this over Christmas break. Maybe in past summers you've experienced this. But your parents are going to want to eat up your time. And you're going to be frustrated. You're going, no, no, I want my time. I want to go do my things. And, and so Satan's going to tempt you toward bitterness. Finally, with uh, earning money, he's going to tempt you toward overwork. You're going to have opportunities this summer to work overtime. You, you've got extra time, so might as well, right? Well, he's going to tempt you and make you think that your value is in your product. 
And he's going to make you think that your value is in how much money you make this summer. And if you can work an extra 10 hours this week, or if you can work an extra 20 hours, or if you can outperform your coworkers, then you have value. And he's lying to you. That is not where your value is. Your value is in Christ. And so he's going to tempt you with overwork to try to make yourself better. It's not true. So you will have a lot of temptations this summer. Blessings that God intended in order to help you and to to be kind to you, Satan's going to use to try to hurt you. Like I said, I had three summers in college. Two of them were awful. They were just horrible summers. One was really great. And it's out of these experiences that I aim to encourage you this morning. So if you would, please bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you give us time for summer. You give us time to rest, time to recuperate after a hard semester of pushing. I thank you, God, that that each of these students is going to get to experience something new this summer. I even thank you that they're going to experience temptations in new ways. Because, God, I know that you can use that in order to develop their character and to to develop within them perseverance. So, God, I I thank you for these opportunities that we have for this group. I pray now that as I speak, that you would speak clearly through me. And it wouldn't be my words, but the words of your spirit that convict and and challenge and help this group. I pray that as a result of these things that we talk about this morning, they would be encouraged and would have some direction in order to succeed this summer. God, we want to do all these things in order to bring you glory. So we pray this in your son, Jesus' name. All right, so due to time constraints, I'm only going to actually talk about two of my summers. One bad, one good. My first summer right after college, I was here in College Station. I had intended on going back home, but some things happened. I decided to stay here, and I got a job at Target. I worked in the back room, and and my shift was from 4 a.m. to noon 30. So I had about eight and a half hours. So the downfall of having a 4 a.m. shift was I had to wake up at 2.45 so I could hop on my bike, ride across town, go to my sister's house where I left my bike, I made a lunch, and then walked to Target. And, and I worked. I worked well. I got, I got at least 40 hours every single week, and, and I made a lot of money. I lived with one guy that summer. I lived in a small apartment up in Bryan, and it was a second-story apartment. We had no A.C., The AC worked, but it could only get it down to like 85 degrees, and it was going to cost like an extra few hundred dollars a month to to run it. So we decided no AC that that summer. And so all of you know how hot it gets here. That was absolutely miserable. And because of our schedules being different, especially my schedule being not normal, we didn't really see each other very much. So, So I didn't really get involved with him. But then also, because my schedule was so weird, I didn't get involved in any sort of Bible study. Bible studies were happening at 6. At 6, I was heading home to go to sleep. And so I didn't, I didn't really engage in community. Another problem with that summer, I never opened the Bible. I never once cracked it open even to, to read. I was so tired every single hour of the day. I never even cracked open my Bible. Because of these things, I would get home after work and I would sit on the couch and watch Scrubs and eat chips. That was my summer. I didn't really share the gospel with anybody. I was working with non-Christians, but I started becoming more like them in, in some of the things that they would talk about and things that they would do than I was like my Christian brothers. 
I had community my freshman year here in College Station, and all I could think all summer long was, I can't wait until my friends get back. I didn't try to build friends over the summer. That summer was rough. The following school year was even worse. I look back at that school year, and it was characterized by loneliness. It was characterized by sin. It was characterized by psychological and physical disorders. I had insomnia that school year. It was characterized by all sorts of problems due to, I believe, a really bad summer. I didn't try to get involved with community that following year. I was scared to be around people because I hadn't been around people all summer. And so I don't look fondly at that summer. I I don't. I, I look back at it and I wish things had gone differently. So let's talk about a good summer now. Gave you the bad news, here's the good news. Uh, Again, I was in College Station. This time I was working a different job. I was working for the USDA. My job was to pick cotton. (laughs) So for eight hours every single day, I was out in the fields picking cotton. My hands started bleeding. Cotton bowls get really hard and sharp when they're ready to be picked. And so I would be reaching my hands in there, get pricked, blood would start flowing, and, and my hands were just beat up. I was also working in greenhouses, which were even hotter than being outside, and I was in them watering cotton plants. That was my whole job. Um, that, that summer, though, I was working with two guys that didn't really have a great relationship with the Lord. They said that they're Christians, not really walking well with the Lord, and so I, I had opportunities with them to encourage them, to help them toward righteousness. And, and that was great. Another thing that I did that summer was I was in a Bible study here at Grace. And I remember being in that group, and one of the first weeks, I opened up to all of them about some sin struggles. And the vulnerability that I had actually, I think, helped the rest of the group. We bonded so tightly to one another. It was this close group, and we we just loved each other. They held me accountable. Ryan was talking about that when he was up here just a minute ago. They held me accountable. They said, Mark, I care more about you than other things that are going on. I want for you to walk in righteousness. I want for you to love the Lord more. And so I am going to labor with you so that you don't have to live in this sin. And that was a major blessing for me that summer. Another thing that happened was all the previous year and all the following year, I was living with Christian dudes, but they all went off their own ways that summer. And so I had two guys that were living with me that were not Christians. And they had parties at our house and they brought their non-Christian friends. And it was awesome. I got to meet them and I got to hang out with them. I got to share the gospel with them. I got to encourage them. And, And it was really exciting because although they knew I was a Christian, they would still come to me with issues. They knew that my views were different from them, but they would still come to me because they felt comfortable. I had an opportunity to share the gospel with them every single week. One of the guys that I was rooming with, he started coming to Bible study with me, and it was actually that following fall semester, he trusted Christ. Yeah, thank you. I, I don't know who whooped, but that was awesome. <laughs> and it was, it was such a blessing that summer. So it was different between the two. Both of them I was here in College Station. Both I was working pretty crummy jobs. The difference, I think, were threefold. I was in the Word of God every single day the second summer. I was involved in a community of believers that loved the Lord and cared about me. And the third thing was I had opportunities to pour out into into others. And so that's where we're going this morning. So let's talk about that first one. Let's, Let's talk about studying the Word of God. This is going to be your roadmap for having a good summer. Okay? Study the Bible. 
One of my favorite passages in, in the Bible is Psalm 1. It says this, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in, in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. How many of you at the end of your summer would like to say that this is true of you? Yeah, me too. What's characteristic about this man? He's meditating on the word of God. That is his passion. He is, he's opening up the word every single day. He's studying it. He's thinking about it day and night. That's what's true of him. On top of that, he's not seeking counsel from, from wicked men. He's not just living amongst sinners. Instead, he's delighting himself in the law of the Lord. And so that's your first step for this summer. Delight yourself in the law. So let's make this practical. How are you going to delight yourself in God's word? I think the first thing that you need to do, no matter where you are, whether you're at camp, whether you're on an oil rig, or if you're at home, you need to find a place where you can sit down with minimal distractions. So maybe that's, maybe that's a coffee shop. Maybe that's your front porch. My senior year, it was Taco Bell. So wherever is going to work for you, all right? Uh, find a place and find a time that works for you. Since I've been working here at the church, the best time for me is first thing in the morning. By the, by the time I start working on things, I get so distracted, I, I have a really hard time taking a break and saying, okay, now I'm going to study the word. So I do it in the morning. But maybe evening works better for you. Maybe lunch break is going to be great for you. But find a time. Find a place, find a time. And then the third thing I would say is pick a book. I love studying Romans. That's actually what I'm studying right now in my quiet times. And so I'd, I'd invite you guys to, to spend some time in Romans. Or pick one of the Gospels. John is great. Great for some summer study. So pick one of the Gospels or, or pick maybe Colossians. That's, that's another great one for you to study. If you want to go Old Testament, spend some time in the Psalms. But pick a place in the Bible that you're going to camp out for a month, maybe two months. Maybe the whole summer you're going to camp in this one section of the Bible and you're going to meditate on it day and night. Each day, pick a couple of verses that you're going to work on memorizing, that you're going to recite throughout the day. Be like this guy. Meditate on it day and night. So that's going to require you to know it. It's not just read it for 30 minutes and then, and then check out the rest of the day. But pick a verse. Pick, pick a phrase. Memorize that and meditate on that throughout the day. If you do that, I promise you, you're going to be like this man. You're going to be firmly planted. You're going to be yielding fruit. You're going to have an awesome summer. It's going to be a blessing. The second thing, engaging community. Like I said, I was, I was here in College Station. I had great community. And maybe, maybe you're going home. Get into a church. Maybe you're going to be in a new city. Find a community of believers that you can be open with and, and vulnerable with. Even if it's just for a month, maybe it's only a couple of weeks, still find a group of people that you're going to engage with. I want us to look at the early church here in Acts 2 and see what they, they did. It says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Look at that last phrase. 
And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Does that sound familiar from the, the psalm passage? That he'll yield fruit? The same thing's going to be true if you're engaging in community that is doing these things, that's studying the word of God, that's engaging in fellowship, that's spending time with one another. If you are engaging in this type of fellowship that's worshiping the Lord, the Lord is going to add to your numbers. He's going to bless you with people that are growing or people that are coming to know the Lord. I invite you guys to do this. Like I said, my summer that was good was characterized by all these good things. And I think a large part of it was because of community. I needed that. I needed guys that were going to hold me accountable, that were going to help me continue staying in the word each day. I needed that. You guys all need that too. I want us to look also at Romans 12. This passage is about, it goes into the the spiritual gifts. So here's what Paul says before that. He says, For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Community isn't just for you. It's not just for you to have a good summer, but it's so that you can help others have a good summer. All of us are uniquely gifted by God in order to serve his kingdom. Each of you. He's given you gifts so that you can serve and so that you can bless his kingdom. I think about, like, what if something of your body got cut off? What if your hand gets chopped off? What if you lose a finger on an oil rig this summer? What's going to happen? Sorry, that's a little bit gross and morbid. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Uh, But what's going to happen to that finger? What's going to happen is it's going to decay. It's just going to rot. It's dead. It's done. Now, I don't want you to take this metaphor too far, but because it's going to lead you to theological wrongness. Uh, but, but if you separate yourself from God's community that he has for you, you're going to decay. Uh, you're going to regress in your relationship with the Lord. You're going to suffer. It's going to be painful, and it's going to be bad for you, but it's also going to be bad for the community. God wants you in the body of believers, because he's uniquely gifted you to serve within it, to help within it, to be part of it. And so that's actually going to lead us to our third point, fulfill your ministry. 2 Timothy 4, 5 says, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Like I said, my, my good summer, I had opportunities to share the gospel. I also had opportunities to help guys that were believers grow in the relationship with the Lord. God wants for you to fulfill your ministry this summer. And I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe you're going to be at camp and your ministry is pretty clearly laid out. You've got eight-year-old boys. (laughs) And and you are in charge of helping them have a great summer and introducing them to Christ. But maybe you're going to be here in College Station and you're just going to be taking classes. You still have a ministry that God has designed for you. God's ministry for you is that you meet your classmates and you, you share the gospel with them. Or that maybe you're living with non-Christians. His desire for you is to share the gospel with them. Or maybe you're living with some people that aren't really walking well with the Lord. Maybe that's at your work. Maybe, I don't know. But he wants for you to care for them. Now, we said earlier that God has uniquely gifted you. So this isn't just about evangelism. That's how God's uniquely gifted me. I love sharing the gospel. It is, it is a joy of mine. I get, I get geeked out about it. I come home after sharing the gospel and I'm bouncing up and down. I'm like, Alyssa, I just shared the gospel with this guy and it was awesome. That's me. 
God has gifted you specially so that you'll get all geeked up as well, but maybe it's in a different way. Maybe it's when you sit down with somebody and you get to encourage them, and you get to tell them things that you appreciate about them. Maybe it's when you serve. Maybe you just absolutely love helping people. And so, so maybe you've got a neighbor who's disabled and you're going to go out there and you're going to do his yard work. I don't know. Uh, God, has, God has gifted you in a special way so that you can help the body, so that you can fulfill your ministry. God desires that for you. The last thing that I wanted to put up here is Matthew 28. This is the Great Commission. Jesus said this as his last little thing for his, his disciples. He says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This last encouragement and exhortation from Christ is the same commission for you. How are you going to participate in making disciples this summer? Is it going to be through sharing the gospel or is it going to be through encouraging another believer? Is it going to be through service? How are you going to participate in this great commission? Jesus wanted that from his his close disciples. He wants it from you. Now I look back at that summer where I had so much fun. I, I just absolutely loved it. And I, I don't remember having any major adventures or an incredible conquests to tell about, but I look back at it and I can s- share with joy about the things that God did that summer because, because I engaged in community, I spent time in the Word, and I was sharing the gospel. And so your temptation is going to be, man, I just want to have this awesome adventure that I'm going to be able to share with everybody. Eh, that's all right. A great summer is going to be characterized by these three things. And so I want to leave you guys with this final encouragement. Uh, This is Paul writing to the Thessalonian church. To this end also we pray for you always, that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you guys pray with me? Father, I ask and I beg and I plead of you that this group would have an awesome summer. That they would be in your word every single day. That they would find community that will help them and encourage them and build them up. Uh, just as, as the author of Proverbs said, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I pray that that would be true of this group. God, I pray that each and every single person in this room would be able to come back at the end of summer clearly able to state the amazing works that you did for them. I pray that they would be closer to you at the end of summer than they are right now. I pray that their stories at the end of summer would reflect your amazing work and that through everything you would receive glory. God, I pray against the evil one as he seeks to to destroy I know that he's going to do that to all of us in this room. He's going to hit us with temptations. He's going to try to drag us down, keep us from fulfilling the work that you have for us. And I pray, God, that you would protect us, that you would help us and and guide us. We know that you're going to give us a way of escape, and so I pray that you would give us the courage to take that and to find it. I pray, God, that you would 
Help us to flee our sinfulness and to pursue righteousness. God, we love you and we, we want to dedicate this summer to you. Do mighty works through us and in us. We pray this in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Y'all have a great summer.